Ladies and gentlemen, before we get to the show, I wanted to let you know that the Handlebar is a lovely craft beer bar and restaurant right here in Chico, and they have an even lovelier happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m., during which you get a dollar off all of their craft beers on draft. They have 28 of them. I'm not kidding. That's a real deal. Seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. That's four hours at the Handlebar. A dollar off any of their awesome draft beers. You can drink them inside, at the bar, at a table. You can drink them outside on their newly renovated gorgeous patio. It's lovely here in Chico right now. Johnny and I highly encourage you to check them out. They're located at 2070 East 20th Street, south end of town, right next to Winco, right next to Best Buy. Again, that's the handlebar. Here's the show. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hey, welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema. This is a craft beer and movie podcast slash radio show based in Chico, California. I am Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers. No fun voice this week. No, back to normal. This week on the show, our review of Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. It's a movie from director Helena Rain in the spirit of Scream and maybe 2019's Ready or Not about a group of 20-somethings that hunker down just before a huge storm hits for what they call, and is apparently a real thing, a quote-unquote hurricane party. Things go haywire when a playful murder mystery game turns lethal, and it's up to the remaining people at the party to figure out who's playing bodies, bodies, bodies a little too literally. This movie is currently in wide release, and we'll be diving into our thoughts after our first beer of the week. Yeah, that's right. The beers this week are from Finback Brewing out of Queens, New York. The first is called Growing Towards the Sun. It's a double IPA at 8%. And the second is called Social Fabric, also a double IPA and also at 8%. First timers on the show, yeah? Yes, first I'm time I've ever had this beer. So excited. Where'd you pick up the beers this week? These are both from SNS. Perfect, right here in town. If you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, speaking of Chico, we hope you're having a wonderful Thursday evening. As a quick heads up, you're only going to be hearing the first half of our show, which includes the first beer review and the spoiler-free portion of our discussion of Bodies Cubed, which is how I'm going to be referring to it, I think, for the duration of this. But if you are so inclined to listen to the show in its entirety, which includes spoilers for Bodies Cubed, a second and slightly looser beer review probably, and Hot and Bothered, which is the portion of the podcast where we generally abandon formal structure and just talk about things that have us super stoked or really irritated, Johnny will tell you what to do. That's right. You can find the show in its entirety on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, etc. We release new episodes every single Friday morning usually at 7 a.m. and have been doing so since 2016. If you like the show, feel free to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast, and please let us know how you did. To hang out with us on social media, search Fresh Hop Cinema on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, or Untapped, or just head over to the website, freshhopcinema.com. All right, a little bit of housekeeping. We are going to be off next week because young Johnny Summers will be um, off of the continental United States and exploring the wonderful island of Hawaii. That's right. Although not to be misleading, are you going to Hawaii, Hawaii? Mm -hmm. Okay, sweet. Then I was correct. You are. Uh, Briefly, man. When are you leaving? When are you coming back? That's personal. Are we really? No, I'm, I'm gone okay. for uh, seven days. So Sweet. leaving okay. this Saturday, coming back next Saturday. So people only have to miss you for one week cycle. Exactly. Okay. Uh, well, looking forward to hearing about those adventures, my friend, of course. Let's talk about Patreon for now. Let's do we? it. Okay. Uh, what is Patreon, Johnny? Patreon is a way for you, the listener, to keep this, the show, yes. rocking and rolling. Funding those vacations. <laughs> the funding. The, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I wish. You got to bring back like one beer and then it's a business expense. Oh, I'll... Uh, I'll, I'll buy a couple beers at cool. a brewery and take a picture for the gram. Perfect. Absolutely. Picture on a beach somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but no, the day-to-day operations of this show are made possible pretty much by you, the fans, in addition to our wonderful advertiser, The Handlebar. But the majority of our income comes from patrons. And yeah. if you're not one, you could be one. Yep. 
little as $1 an episode or 4 bucks a month gets you access to all of our bonus content, uh, which includes beer reviews, movie reviews, mm-hmm. movie making. Events. Events. Some kind bar of hangs. Bar hangs, movie nights, barbecues. Yes, those are all events, but yeah, yeah, specifically those. Different kinds of events. They're all really rad. We had a great one. Shout out to everyone that came to Sparkle Gas. Good time. That was one for the books. Yeah. I have a, oh, I have a great idea for an event that I'll tell you about off air for the end of the year. It'll All be, right. It's going to be so awesome. So if you're like, I missed out on Sparkle Gas, and that's the only cool event you're having this year. Wrong you are, Ooh. sir or madam. We got another one coming. Excellent. So yeah, that's the kind of thing that you can get involved in. And yeah, you should patreon.com yep. slash fresh hop cinema to go support. Okay. I think that's all the announcements slash housekeeping out of the way. So Johnny Summers, you've picked out beers this week. Let's uh, just remind people and remind me what is beer number one. Growing Towards the Sun is an 8% double IPA that's been double dry hopped with Citra, Belma, Sabro, and Mosaic. And again, it is from Finback Brewing out of Queens, New York. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's right on the cusp. We talked about this. Um, I want to say it was last week, possibly the week before. The the number of hops that is potentially too many for a multi-hop beer because they get kind of muddled. And I think what I said was anything above three for me is where we get into dangerous territory. So I'm gonna I'm I'm going in cautiously to this one because as you said there are four hops in this Citra Belma Sabro Mosaic, the two that I'm most familiar with being Citra and Mosaic probably mm-hmm. uh, less so of the other two. But before we get into I'm, I'm gonna maybe do a little bit of quick research on what those hops will bring to the table. But you want to tell me what's in our glasses now? What we're looking yeah, at? Yeah, it's a beautiful, vibrant yellow with a, a strong white head. It is very very hazy looking. Mm-hmm. If you can imagine what that would be, you've all had a hazy sure. out there. This is uh, it looks like that. Really, really beautiful yellow, very hazy. It smells immediately like tons of hops, mm-hmm. and I've tasted it. Have you? No, I haven't yet. Is um, I, I can smell it, though, so intensely. It's a really, really vibrant smelling beer. It smells really bright and citrusy. Um, but are you liking what you're tasting? Yeah, I am. It's really soft right up mm-hmm. front. Like mm-hmm. It's not bristly with its carbonation. It is immediately soft on the palate, but also intensely hoppy. Okay. You get like a big hot punch right up front, mm-hmm. very bitter, very dry, kind of is dry front to back. It doesn't let up with juice at all. Okay. There's good. there's some sweetness there, but it's really predominantly hop forward with real dry finish. Smooth drinking though. I like the balance on it because there are sweet undertones, but they're not even close to what the hops bring to the table. Like this is hands down a hop forward beer. That really surprises me too, because just based on what I was smelling, having poured it, it I thought it was going to be pretty sweet and it is sweet like you're saying but there's it's a hop show for sure yeah which is good agree me um yeah i was looking up just the sabro and the belma hops real quick and and the the shortest way to say what they're going to bring to the table is a little bit more citrusness i can never know citrosity we decided on the word citrus yes citrus sinesis it's already a beer yeah um yeah more citrus a little bit more tropical fruit the uh the sabro hop in particular skews a bit herbal um and i'm not sure exactly uh the type of that can mean a lot of different things to different people yeah um but like I know in our second beer, we're doing something that has some Idaho 7, which is also herbal, but more like a black tea kind of thing. Herbal and earthy. Yeah, which is yeah. not what I'm getting here at all. No, I mean, herbs, that's such a vague. I know. It's, I mean, yeah. like star anise, yeah. star anise yeah. and then like basil. Yeah, and if you look at like a, a beer flavor wheel, it's herbals right next to like spice. And it's like those could almost be interchangeable depending on the situation. Yeah. Uh, herbals are very vague. Yeah. So, But regardless, this you, is super good. You picking up any herbs? Any tarragon? No, I mean, no, dude. <laughs> little oregano. oregano? No, I am not. But I am picking up some really tasty hops. It's it's not too sharp either. I, I agree with you. It's very hop forward, but it isn't bitey. No. Which is really nice. Yeah, soft. And soft is the right word, yeah. for sure. Uh, really well balanced. It's a definite soft 8%. Uh, yeah. But re- yeah, really drinkable, right? I actually have started taking issue with the word drinkable. 
it feels like a lazy way of like everything's drinkable. You know, if it's, it's a beverage liquid. meant for consumption, yeah, of course it's drinkable. So when people say drinkable, it's been driving me crazy when I hear other people say it. I'm like, what do you mean by drinkable? Drano's drinkable. Yeah, totally. Yeah, right. You could technically drink it. Um, I suppose what people mean by drinkable is easy drinking. Like it goes down easy, mm -hmm. uh, but even that leaves a little bit of little bit to be desired. It's like, well, why is it easy to drink? Yeah, it's not too abrasive. No, it. I'm like it's really hop forward, but it's counterbalanced with that softness that makes yes. it really approachable. Yeah, like you I, can sip this and not feel totally overwhelmed by any one thing. Mm -hmm. I find myself most of the time when it comes to hop forward, certainly. West Coast IPAs, aggressive IPAs, getting really burnt out on some of that hop sharpness. Mm -hmm. And I'm really liking that this thing strikes a balance of the, the sharpness to an extent, but also is mellowed out by some of the sweeter notes, which gives it that soft kind of mouthfeel. Yeah. All of the upper tier, like the highest quality of New England and mm -hmm. like hazy IPAs mm -hmm. strike that balance where you have... This, for me, and I think we're we're pretty similar yes. in, in our rankings. You know, you got like the tree houses of the world. That mm -hmm. that one beer that we did from that brewery last week, the second one. Uh, I can help you out. I can think of this in just a second. Uh, yeah. I feel on the spot, but I will think of it in a moment. Last week's episode, we did one that was super high quality. That, yeah, you know, struck that that mark of being in that top twenty five percent of hazy IPAs uh -huh. from uh, that brewery out of Virginia. Oh yeah, it was out of Richmond, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I'll find out for you because now we need to know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a, cause I think you pointed that out last week. You said it's, it's a rare thing to find something of that. We'll say treehouse caliber. Cause mm -hmm. it is it sort of seems to be the benchmark for that sort of thing. Yeah. Like that upper echelon, they all have that balance of like a really good hot presence with like a soft round body. That's yeah. very, you know, kind on the palate. It doesn't, it's not abrasive in any way, nope. but then you have that subtle undertone of sweetness, which really brings it all together. And that those are like the benchmarks of a, Upper top echelon. tier for yeah, sure. The top is, tier. Is there anything uh, you don't like about this beer? You know, it's still a little sweet for me, just because it is, you know, this style. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I Excuse get it. Excuse me. And um, you know, this style is always going to have those sweet undertones, um, but I think it's necessary in a beer yeah, like this. So. Sure. I mean, things I don't like. There's not a ton standing out. It's it's really approachable. It's well made. Like mm -hmm. you can tell, it's just a super solid beer. Yeah. There's not a ton of flaws with this. The scoring is going to come down to just personal preference. hundred percent. I agree. Uh, to close the loop, the veil brewing is who we did last the week. Um, and I believe the beer, if, cause I think you're talking about the second one is bros night out bros spelled with a Z. Yeah. Um, yeah. We both really dug that beer. Uh, yeah. We both gave it in the nines to some extent, Very, which is crazy because it was a new England IPA and a style that you don't traditionally love. Hmm? So it speaks more to the balance that we have been talking about. Exactly. And I think this, I would put this in that that upper echelon. Like it's this very is, good. This is a world class hazy IPA. I think the other thing that made Bros Night Out stand out to me a little more is because it was a bit stronger. It was nine point something, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, and it drank as smooth as this does. Which again, this is eight percent, and it's drinking really, really smoothly. I'm not detecting any alcohol on it. There's no heat whatsoever. There's not even any of that traditionally hazy kind of uh, residue kind of grittiness that you get that often masks alcohol. So mm -hmm. none of that's here. It's a really smooth beer. Yeah. Sometimes you get like a film on your mouth for just sure. like a coating on mm -hmm. the palate. No, mm -hmm. this doesn't have that surprisingly refreshing for this style. Way too. refreshing. Yeah. yeah. It seems like a beer you could, cause it's, what is it today? Like 104? Good Lord. It's hot in Chico. Yeah. We're, if you're listening out of time, we're in like the middle of August here and it's just, it's just not getting colder. No. <laughs> so it's every summer, but, um, yeah, I'd be super comfortable drinking this outside right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be very quenching even. Yeah. But I, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think there's going to be anything technically wrong with this. I think it will come down to personal preference. Um, so in that spirit, should we give it a rating out of 10? Yeah, I'm ready. 
All right, Johnny Summers, Growing Towards the Sun, what you got? Oh, shoot. This feels like uh, this is a good beer. This is going to get a good rating. Mm-hmm. This is an eight, eight seven. Eight, seven. Wow. Yeah. Very high, my friend. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going to take one more sip because I'm, as as maybe loyal listeners know, I don't tend to delve into the decimals quite as readily as you do. So I'm, I'm toying between an eight and a nine. And I'm thinking it's a nine, but I'm taking one more drink because I don't like to hand those out too easily. Um, it's you, just when the decimals come I know, in handy. Well, I know. But do you have any final thoughts on this before I give you my rating? Uh, it's definitely one that, you know, travel, like if you're into this style, this is, you know, over eight is a, is a rule of thumb. You should, you should travel for it. I'll go out of my way for the spear. If I'm on a road trip, I would divert up to 20, 30 miles to get it at a brewery. Um, very impressive. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a nine for me. It's a very good beer, man. There's, there's like a creamy smoothness, smooth smoothness rather that I'm really digging. It's a, it's fantastically made. I think it's wonderful. Uh, Finback. Finback. Yeah. First, first impression. Very great. Excited for a second beer later on in the show. But for now, once again, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on a Thursday evening on KZFR 90.1 FM. If you get the chance to try Growing Toward the Sun or any other beers from Finback out of New York, take a photo of yourself drinking it and tag us at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema on Instagram. Think we got this beer wrong? Think we got it right? You have a beer or brewery you think we should review? Message us on Instagram or send an email to fhccast at gmail.com. Let us know. Maybe we'll do it. And hey, if you like the show, leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It takes two seconds, and it really helps other people discover us. Up next, we have a trailer for Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. But do not worry. There are no spoilers in the upcoming segment, so stick around. I'm strong. I'm ready for what comes along. I to play bodies, bodies, bodies. Yeah. Oh my God. Does anybody have service? Yeah. yeah. Fuck girl. I'm a hot girl. Hot girl, rich girl. Guys, I get so stressed out every time we play this. Someone always ends up crying. <laughs> so how do you play? If you draw the piece of paper that has the X on it, you are the murderer. Everyone else has to avoid being killed. What is that? Xanax, do you want one? Yeah. What is happening? Our friend is dead. So if you could just like not escalate this situation, then I'm not escalating. You're holding the knife and you're moving your hands while you talk. That would be so fucking obvious if I were the killer. David. More. You're always gaslighting me. You fucking trigger me. You are so toxic. Relax, relax. You're silencing me. That all you got, motherfucker! Did you just fucking shoot me? I can't believe you're making this about you. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, a show about the worlds of craft beer and film. And if you're listening on the radio waves of KZFR 90.1 FM, you're only going to be hearing the first half of our show on the radio today. But if you'd like to hear the whole thing, go subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema on Apple Podcasts or wherever quality podcasts are found. It'll be available to stream tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. wherever you get your podcasts. So at the end of this, if you just can't get enough, go listen. And what you just heard was a trailer for this week's featured movie, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. This is not a safe space. Prepare to be triggered, gaslit, and silenced in a movie about a group of 20-somethings that decide to have a quote-unquote hurricane party in a remote mansion just before a massive storm hits. 
after several shots of vodka, lines of cocaine, and enough deep-seated lifetime friends type drama to kill most of us over the age of 30. These youths decide to play a murder mystery game called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Some of us, including the one partygoer in his 40s, might know this game to be called Werewolves. The game, draw pieces of paper out of a hat, one with an X marked on it, to determine who will be the quote-unquote murderer. After the first quote-unquote death, the remaining players must determine who the murderer is to avoid being killed off themselves. But in true teen slasher fashion, the game turns very real, very, very fast. And after someone is actually murdered, the night turns into a deadly game of cat and mouse where the cat is invisible and the mice are high out of their minds. It's a plot ripped straight from the 90s with a modern Gen Z casting twist. It's a film that either has a lot to say or very little, depending on how you want to read it. I think either way is completely valid, though uh, one may be more rewarding than the other. But I'll get to my thoughts in a bit here. First, if you would, Johnny Summers your relationship to darkly comic and satirical teen slasher films, mm-hmm. and second, your thoughts on Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Well, I've got a, a deep and, and long-rooted relationship to the genre being a horror fan that I am. Mm-hmm. I grew up on movies like I Know What You Did Last Summer oh, and Scream yeah. and Final Destination yeah. and uh, more modern takes, as you mentioned earlier, Your Next, which is one of my favorite horror movies. I don't think I said that. I think I said Ready or Not. Ready or Not. But Your Next is a great thing that didn't even occur to me. Yeah, yeah. Your Next is one that I was mm-hmm. going to bring up. I thought you did. It was. So. Which one did you bring up? Ready or Not. I think the I, only one. Or, 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 or Scream, maybe. No, you did. Ready or Not. Yeah. I vaguely remember Ready or Not. Yeah, okay. We covered um, it. <laughs> but yeah. Fine. Exactly. Yeah. Not mem- no, be, be more memorable. Sure. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but your next is another one, you know, a dinner party gone awry. And, um, so very familiar with the genre and all the tropes that go with it. Usually a big fan. If it's done right, it's pretty engaging. Uh, they are mostly pretty dated and I feel like this movie is going to be pretty dated to this time period also, but we'll get into that more. Totally. And before you give me your thoughts, I'd actually wanted to point out, once again, this is directed by Helena Rain with a screenplay by Sarah DeLapp with a story uh, by Kristen Rupinian. Um, just a couple shout outs here to casting. It stars Maria Bakalova, who you might remember from Borat 2, or, or uh, what was the full name? Um, uh, subsequent movie subsequent film. Movie film. <laughs> um, she plays B. She's dating Sophie, who's played by Amanda Stenberg. Um, and we go to this party, which is mostly... Uh, Sophie's friends from childhood. Uh, you got people named Jordan, Emma, Alice, played by uh, Myhala Harold, uh, Chase Sweet Wonders, and Rachel Sennett, respectively. You got a couple other people we're shouting out. Lee Pace plays Greg. Pete Davidson plays David. Um, and this came to South by Southwest originally in March of 2022. Uh, then limited release in a few theaters on August 5th, expanded wide on the 12th, and it runs a very tidy hour and 35 minutes. So, Johnny Summers, thank you for indulging me there. What mm-hmm. did you think of this movie? Yeah, Tight 95, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Loved a Tight 95 yeah. movie. It got to the point, got where it needed to go, and you get out of there. It's perfect. Uh, so, yeah, bodies, 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 man. It is, uh, like I said, a very generational take on a generational style of film. True. Every single one from the past has been dated, be it 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. 90s, early 2000s, in the teens, even to obviously 2022. Um, you know, this one, it was pretty good okay i'm not gonna say it was great sure. in any means uh you know it had a real gritty vibe which i liked there was a seedy underbelly you know right beneath the surface of every one of these characters and it added an element of just the unknown and potential danger kind of at every turn from every personality which i thought was quite intriguing and it really helped propel the plot uh you know some things that came to mind when watching this was um 
if Charles Bukowski was 25 years old right now and decided to write a screenplay, it would be this kind of filth. You think? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Like, it'd probably be dirtier and grittier, but, like, mm. it still had that vibe of just, like, depravity and uh, that really just dark, the darkness. I mean, there was a, a big, you know, it was almost fear and loathing in your daddy's mansion. Sure. Those were things Dude, that came to mind as well. Bukowski book did I probably read in high school? Uh, Love is a Dog from Hell? No. The post office? I shoot, maybe not. No, I mean, I'm gonna look it up because yeah, they're that, all connection or collections of poetry. He didn't. Really oh, he's write a novels, poet. Okay, yeah. then maybe I had a friend in high school who. That's what it was. Everyone had a friend. I in do. High I had school. a friend named Drew who uh, loved Bukowski. Mm-hmm. Just one of those things. Yeah, he had long hair. Makes sense. If that helps. Yeah, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Played bass. Nope. You know, it's not- <laughs> I feel like it's a certain vibe, like yeah. emo kind of like. Yeah, definitely. Aware of capitalism kind of dude. Yeah. Well, and yeah, Bukowski really focuses on the the darker sides of humanity sure. and, and just the gritty, seedy mm-hmm. nature of things. So yeah, this movie had a very, you know, if 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 Hunter S. Thompson or Charles Bukowski was writing a screenplay mm-hmm. for this generation, which is it Gen Z? Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. I'm old. No, you're right. I know. I know. I want to make sure I it's got that thing. right. Uh, so yeah, this was this was very time stamped uh, in the nomenclature that they were using, and the overall atmosphere of their 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 dialogue. Mm-hmm. It was very Gen Z, and I mean that's the point of this movie, right? Is to have a horror movie from the perspective of kids in this day yep. and age. That's what every horror movie has done in every generation before. So like you were saying, you could you could take a lot from this movie. You could take not much. Um, you know, there was a ton of commentary in this movie about this generation, most of it very tongue-in-cheek. Mm-hmm. Like we had, you know, um, these, these were basically caricatures of humans that exist on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, and <laughs> TikTok especially. Dude, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there's scenes in this movie where they are film, like making what are, we assume are TikTok videos. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. so... You know, I viewed this movie very quickly and very early as satire of the Gen Z. Sure. Um, and if you're going into this taking it like seriously, I think you're not familiar enough with this genre. Mm-hmm. I think you have to t- remove yourself a little bit from the seriousness and kind of lean yeah. into the satire because if you don't, this movie just won't work. Okay. So the satirical nature of this movie really made the plot work. Um, you know, you had elements of of the mob. And you know, timeless elements where, you know, sure. All kinds yeah, of group things. fear and like group fear, hive mind, the mob versus one person. Fear of the unknown, what you can't see. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of things like that came into play. And these are classic uh, devices for, for human enter- behavior. Well, in entertainment. General, but yeah. And entertainment. Yeah. Like these have been in Greek plays and it's all things. And they're just taking all these tools and plot devices and putting them in this Gen Z satire. And for me, it really worked. It was pretty anxiety-inducing. Some of it was taxing. Um, I think a lot. Excuse me. <clears throat> burp. Sure. I think a lot of the jokes. <laughs> Rate the beer lower. Yep. It's too carbonated. Right. I think a lot of the the kind of jokes and humor in this movie were a little long in the tooth for me. By the third act, yeah. they became quite tedious. And um, by the culmination of this movie, I think it was a little bit overplayed. That's why I'm saying it was just good it wasn't great um they leaned a little bit heavily on that instead of maybe coming up with some more engaging plot devices and some different plot points so overall pretty lukewarm was it the best horror movie of this type that i've seen no 
Was it the worst? No. I think it was something that people of a certain age group will gravitate towards, maybe as a satire of yeah. their peers, right. which is important. That was the purpose of these movies from the jump. Mm-hmm. You know, you always had the jock and the, the stereotypical high school people, yeah. and they've yeah. just had different faces and different ways of being throughout the decades. And and um, quite frankly, I think I'm a little bit too old for mo- this movie. This is I'm not the target audience. No. Um, that being said, I enjoyed it well enough, and I think it was absolutely fine. So a couple things you've mentioned. I want to start with I Know What You Did Last Summer because in my brain, because I, I saw that at a sleepover when I was uh, 13. That is so perfect. It of was, course I was did. on a date with, you know, it was like one of those things where like we all went to a friend's house and like we were all making out with each other, but like nobody, like our parents didn't know. We thought it was good because it's right at that age. You're like, are you kissing people or not? I'm staying at his house. I'm staying at his house. Right. And my my girlfriend of like a couple of weeks, so she was my longest relationship for a while. We dated for three months in middle school. Her name was Patricia. We had Shout our first. Out. Yeah, what's up, uh, loyal listener, big time. Um, really? She, no. <laughs> yeah. We had our first kiss at the school, and then we hadn't kissed since. And I was going to somebody's house, and they put on this movie, and we held hands the whole time. But I was holding her hand like this. Okay. I was squeezing inter- hands, inter- no, like fingers like, interlaced, I was cutting them off. Okay. Because I know what you did last summer terrified me. You were gripping. It was a scary movie, dude. Now, this I don't think is going to be scary for kids that watch it. No. I agree with you. We are not the target demographic. I don't even think 20-year-olds, although I, if that's the case, who else could it be? Like, mm-hmm. I just think that this isn't a horror movie necessarily. Like, It's it's not as scary as some of the slashers we've talked about, um, which gets into a greater point you were speaking to is like, is it just purely dark comedy satire, which I think is probably where it functions at its best. Mm-hmm. But even there, it's so specific to a particular generation that it's really potentially alienating people like you and me. Um, you're slightly older than me. Mm-hmm. Just, you know. But even I'm like right there on the cusp. Like I was, fa- I got it. But there was some lingo. I was like, I don't know what you guys are saying. Like, mm-hmm. But part of that is like poking fun at that generation. So I get it. Like it kind of works. I think the character of Greg, who is the oldest person there and dating kind of one of the younger ones, mm-hmm. is kind of our little cheat sheet into that group. Like he says a couple things. is like kind of basically expressing how we are feeling. Like mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. You guys mean werewolves? Not That's what that's what people are used to call it. Right. And he's supposed to be like 35. I don't know how. Yeah, he's an older dude yeah, for sure. I'm guessing he's like my age. Yeah. Um. Uh, so anyways, that's, I think that's a big distinction in this movie. It's not totally a slash, like a teen slash, like we've seen, like I've seen. It's, it's certainly a dark comedy. I think having Pete Davidson really helps with that vibe. Like there's tons of jokes that I agree do get overplayed by the end. Um, some of the dialogue is so specific. It could possibly alienate people. I think, I guess I'm getting into my thoughts now. Um, I also thought it was good enough. Um, I don't think it has too much new to say about stuff. I don't think it's really like a voice of this generation speaking to anything new. Um, there's a couple of good performances. I think, uh, Maria Bakalova in here is okay. She was nominated for the Academy Award for best actress in Borat. And I was, Which I was hoping uh, she did a, a good job. In that. It's a weird movie. That one was, cause it's like, like part pseudo documentary. So it's like how much of that was scripted and how much of it was just her improving and like, how do you determine, you know, how to, how to rate that kind of performance Yeah. here? I was hoping for something a little bit more expressive. She plays, um, she plays Sophie's girlfriend and she's clearly from another area and doesn't know any of these friends. So she spends a lot of the movie being kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I think so the character of Sophie played by Amanda Stenberg does a really good job. Um, I always look for somebody to latch onto in these movies, like someone to root for. And I think this movie does a pretty good job without spoiling anything of like subverting who I'm rooting for, um, potentially by the end, not rooting for too many people. Um, 
And I also think this does a good job subverting some expectations, which I will talk about more in the danger zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to talk a bit more about the nuts and bolts of horror filmmaking and the use of light and dark and how I totally. think they could have done it better. There's a pet peeve of mine that happens in this movie, which is that there's a storm going on and big rainstorms are a great way to hide a lot of stuff, I mm-hmm. think, in movie making. And I'm, I'm with you. I don't think the production design is particularly good here. There's this. There's, there's one establishing shot when they first get to this mansion. It's a huge overhead drone shot. And I had a lot of faith when I saw that. I was like, okay, perfect. Like we're setting the scene so we know kind of where we are. I hate in any in any kind of movie, but especially horror movies or action movies, like where the camera is so close, you don't really have a sense of the space. And I thought from that initial shot, like, okay, we're going to really establish this mansion. But by the time you go inside and, and the power goes out, inevitably it's a storm. It's just all like, it could just be like three wall sets because mm-hmm. it's all so close. And like, even if you wanted to piece this movie together and figure out who the murderer is, you won't be able to. So it's in this kind of movie, like like Knives Out, if you were to rewatch oh, Knives Out, I've talked about this a lot. That set though. Yeah, great set. But if you go back and watch Knives Out, the clues are there to put it together. And I don't think that's the case here. I think it's supposed to be like, ah, oh, blah, blah, here's a surprise potentially. Yeah. And which is fine, but it's it's um, not the cleverest of movie making. So yeah. it's okay. Yeah, and to, to reiterate kind of what I was thinking mm-hmm. uh, and you kind of touched on it, the, the use of light and dark and the space that we're given, mm-hmm. um, there is a very important thing in horror filmmaking and generating suspense is the use of space totally. and the use of light and dark. And we were, were given that drone shot and we had this massive, massive yeah. building. And I thought, well, there's going to be a lot of use of that space. Totally. Like, there's so many rooms. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Yeah. And they didn't. And every single shot was so close mm-hmm. and illuminated by a flashlight or, or a, a phone cell phone screen. light yeah. that you had no sense of the space. Like a lot of times someone was, say, hiding in a dark room. Yeah. You had no sense of the, the space that they were in. Mm-hmm. Every shot made this house feel tiny. Yes. And it really was distracting. Like a, a lot of benefit could have been had from just zooming out you know take that shot back make it wider yeah like the filmmaking the like the nuts and bolts mm-hmm. of how this was made left a lot to be desired and i think it left a lot of suspense on the table where we could have had totally. more more empathy and more just immediate mm-hmm. you know edge of your seat moments those were those were left those weren't there dude the brilliance of of the use of darkness in horror movies i think is is not talked about quite enough this this film was uh distributed or yeah distributed by a24 um which has put out movies like hereditary which i think did a great job of utilizing negative space mm-hmm. um even a movie like um 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 x which we covered months ago here on the show by a ty west film um also i think a24 mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of night scenes in that movie, but it's clearly like movie night, not real night. So like it, everything's lit up in the room, but it feels it's all very blue and cold, and you, you assume it's nighttime. Yeah. Like there's a scene in that movie where um, a character is asleep, and a creepier character is kind of like feeling them up in a very gross way, but you can see all of it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's moments that you're kind of hinting at here that like could have evoked more stress and more terror even mm-hmm. if they had shown us more. And it's not a not a strategy I often get behind, but like in this case, more is more, I think. There's yeah. just it's so ambiguous most of the time. Yeah. And and even using that negative space, even if it is pure black, mm-hmm. to illustrate the size of some of the rooms sure. that you're working in. Sure. These rooms were massive. Mm-hmm. And all we saw were super close up. So you got no perspective. There was no scale, no frame of reference. And it just, yeah, it left too much on the table and could have been way creepier than it was. All right, Johnny, we're running a little bit low on time for our radio listeners. So for now, let's give Bodies, Bodies, Bodies an out of 10. For me, this movie is like a a 6.8. It's higher than I thought you were going to go. For me, it's a 4. 
Oh, uh, Jesus. Yeah, I thought it was, it was like a, it's a below average, you know, kind of horror, funny movie. Maybe my, my rating was way too high. <laughs> Jesus. We can talk about it more uh, as we get into spoilers in the danger zone. But for now, for our radio listeners, once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, again, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. Bodies Cubed is currently in a theater near you, probably. If you've seen it and you have thoughts of your own, you can reach us on Instagram at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema, or you can send an email to fhccast at gmail.com. And to our radio listeners, thank you for tuning in, number one. We'll catch you next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on KZFR 90.1 FM. And as a reminder, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes spoilers for Bodies, 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 a review of that second beer from Finback, and hot and bothered, head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema. The rest of this episode will be available tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. And to those of you already listening on your favorite podcast app, we'll be right back. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Welcome to the Danger Zone, part of the show, now exclusively the podcast. So if you've come over from the radio, welcome to the digital age of what do you need, my friend? I'm so sorry. You're needing your Johnny's giving me hand signals because he knows the first question of our danger zone uh, before the uh, before this. Yo, okay, danger zone is where we spoil the movie. Before we get to the spoilers for uh, Bodies Cubed, Johnny, how much was our first beer? I just keep thinking of that scene in Resident Evil with the laser net. Yeah, I remember and that all scene. the bodies turned into little cubes. Yeah, or Predator that happens in Predator too. Net? Kind of, not it's, a net. It's a, a it's like a the net shrinks, but it's not like a cube. I think in Resident Evil, it's like a laser. Yeah, that cuts through them as they're trying to go. Yeah, the airlock. I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Um, point is, how much was our first beer? It was seven dollars and twenty nine cents plus tax. If you ask me, screaming deal. Screaming deal. Sixteen ounce can. Worth noting, not a twelve ounce can. Not a bomber, which we haven't said on the show in a while. We haven't done like a bomber in in oh. quite a while. I think it's because we've been sticking to pretty new beers from breweries and we try to double up. Yeah. Back in the day, I'd say pre-episode, what do you think, like 200 maybe? We were definitely, yeah, I think right around then, we started doing one brewery per episode. But prior to that, we were like, anything goes. We'll get different. And it was just too long for the episode titles, so we had to change. (laughs) That's what I decided. Well, and it's it's more fun to get two beers from a brewery. I like this format a lot better. I do too. Yeah, um, it's also gonna look real stylish on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, so great! I think I think all in all, this is the right move for yeah. sure. I pulled a bunch of of beer nerd friends of mine as far as like what their thoughts were on the veil last week, mm-hmm. and the general consensus was hit or miss. And I'm like, oh really? That tracks because the beers one was a hit, one was kind of a miss. No, I didn't. I like the first one. No, we both thought Ooh, it was, was like average. Fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the last one was great, though. Yeah, so hit or miss. So we'll see where we land once we get to our second beer of the day here. But for now, dude, let's get into bodies, bodies, bodies. Uh, let's talk spoilers. Again, if you haven't seen it, this is your final warning. Spoilers incoming for bodies, bodies, bodies. Let's get into it, Johnny Summers. Um, I'm going to start with my the, the one thing that I think this movie does differently than every other teen slasher that I've seen is that there is no killer. He Pete Davidson's the first one to die, and he kills himself trying to do what Greg did by sabering open a bottle of, I think, champagne. Yep. Uh, cuts himself in the neck, and we find out via a, a t- ostensibly a TikTok video he's trying to film, doesn't post, and he stabs himself. Then they all turn on each other, which I thought was a pretty nice take on, like, who the real killer is after all. It's We're, we're, we're each killers. And, it's all uh, of us. You know, yeah, we all, uh, we have, and then that's when the, the knives come out, so to speak. Sorry for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all, yeah, like dig up the dirt on our friends that we've known for forever. That's the scariest scenario for me. If there's anything about this movie that's scary, it's from B's perspective, going into this group of rich friends that have all known each other for forever and just being an outcast or at least an outsider. Yeah, she's the no new girl. No thank you. Very stressful, very social anxiety inducing. I, 
I would not. I no thanks. I don't go to parties where I only know one person. It's really tough. It's not a party. That's I, a party for other people. Yeah. Um, so I like playing music, man. Like I would go. I go to those parties, but I, I'm working because like, you are the party. Sure. Yeah. I bring the party. I do not attend the party. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I wanted to start with that because I think that was the smartest thing this movie did, aside from all the commentary on younger kids and whatever. Like fine, but um, as far as the template for this kind of movie goes, the subversion that is worth noting is that there is no killer this time, which yeah. I didn't see coming. Which, no, I didn't you know, either. So yeah. that was like a bit of a surprise. At the same time, I didn't think anybody that we had met was the killer. They gave you a pretty big red herring. There's this guy, Max, that has disappeared the night before. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's going to be him. But then it's like, that's too obvious. Like It can't be him. Then it also can't be anybody else. That was where my brain was at. It's like, who's it going to be? It's nobody. But it didn't occur to me that it might be nobody. Right. Because it has to be a killer. Yeah, there has to be somebody. Then if you take one step back and you're like, who would kill themselves accidentally? It's Pete Davidson's character. Yeah. With a sword. Mm -hmm. For sure. 100%. Dumb guy. Yeah. 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 Loose cannon. Mm -hmm. He was. Oh, yeah. That character. He just punched Greg. Wild. Yeah. Like a real hit. And then for a moment, I saw death in Greg's eyes. Yeah. Like, he, he could kill him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where do you want to go? Well, I, I would love to talk about the heavy handedness of the, the humor and, and the specificity of it and mm -hmm. how much that worked for you throughout this movie. Like it, it got me through the first act. Yeah. Second act and third act got very, very tedious for me. How did that land for you? A lot of it's in the trailer. And a lot of it's, if it's not in the trailer, it's in the intro that I wrote for our discussion today. There's a lot of like buzzwords, like some like um, Gen Z buzzwords. Gaslighting. Triggered. That big one. Enable. Um, trauma is a huge one. Like, And I, I think there's some difficulty in discussing some of these words in a legitimate way because it feels like you're downplaying some serious issues, which I'm not trying to do. But I do think a lot of these words are overused by particularly younger people mm -hmm. trying to justify a certain feeling by blanket statementing. Mm -hmm. But putting a blanket statement that is way too broad and not nearly clinically researched enough to be like, you're triggered. Like, you can't just say that. You can't be like, you're triggered, which is why it's a funny joke in this movie. And it's aware enough of itself to make those jokes. So I'm with you. First act, fine. Yeah. It is all it has going for it in terms mm -hmm. of humor. Yeah. And then it's not enough. It's even for a 95-minute movie, not enough to keep a, to keep a comical plot alive. No. If, if we're looking at this through the lens of satire, mm -hmm. uh, the originality wore off real quick like the shine yes. wore off this movie yeah. and it became one-dimensional super fast yes i watched a movie over the weekend that came out earlier this year oh actually it might have been i watched a couple movies this week but this might have been a couple years ago but it was a movie called um like father and it started Kristen bell as a woman who gets left at the altar because she's too attached to her work her, her phone and she's like on a business call before she walks down the aisle and that is her only character trait She's just, she likes work and it's ruining her relationships. So she goes on a cruise and then she's like on her phone the whole time. That's all they wrote. Sounds like a terrible movie. It was very bad. And it's all they wrote for this. They have these jokes and like we, the jokes will carry the plot uh, or at least carry the viewers through the plot. And it doesn't. This movie could have just been a Twitter thread. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just not enough to make it work. No, and I get the satire of it, but satire should be more original and thought provoking and funny. This was just, it, the writing was just cheap and uncreative. Yeah. But again, like it works at first. Yeah. Like I think, it, I think it gets points at first, but then you, it, you have to develop it. It doesn't go anywhere. That's, no. that's the rub with this. It, it just doesn't, but dude, is, is that the point? Is that the whole point? Is that the freaking that's they the, don't go anywhere? Like, is that maybe it's circular mentality and that's what it's commentating? Yeah, that they're just stuck not, in it. Uh, yeah. Well, no, you're right because I thought that too. I'm like, yeah. well, this is just a fucking echo chamber. And like, how fast? Yeah, the one character with the glow sticks around her neck the whole time. Yeah, she her was Alice. Alice. Rachel she was Senate. Insufferable. Yeah, which is the point again. Yeah. Like, yeah, like there's there's like a competition of. Um, 
who's the well no maybe i'm just speaking out of turn that's that's not exactly true with these characters never mind um but you're right yeah there's just um of course she had a podcast of course yeah somebody twice, had twice in a month that we've covered uh, characters on films that have or at least are trying to have podcasts yeah yeah um 2018 by the way for like father with Kristen bell skip that i gave it one and a half out of five stars Oof. so you know well, they can't all be winners. No. Yeah. Um, and so, so, so it gets easy in the danger zone, at least for me to start picking a movie apart because everything in the plot is free game. Yeah. So I st- still feel completely justified in my uh, four out of 10. I was surprised by your 6.8. I would love if you could sway me a little, not even sway me, but kind of tell me where you're coming from. Cause that's not a bad rating. That's a, that's an above average. Well, easily I think rating. part of it was just the nature of like, I went into this and switch to the lens of satire very quickly. Okay. So if you're just poking holes in this entire Gen Z culture, uh, you know, it had things like at the very end, there was like a, a life or death struggle between two main characters mm-hmm. and there was a gun in play mm-hmm. and the main fight was over a I cell did. phone. That was very great. Like there's moments like that where I'm like, that was the deep satire. Totally. That was the turning this formula on its head. Mm-hmm. So it had moments like that. They weren't necessarily in the humor, but they were okay. in the actual plot devices mm-hmm. that really, uh, you know, it made it stand out and made it a little bit better than average. Were there those shots throughout the movie though? Cause in my recollection, it's just at the end, like it ties it together at the end. Fine. Like we have this big, I agree with you. Like fighting over the phone was brilliant. Mm-hmm. That's totally what they would do. Especially if we're looking at them, these kids and like, a Gen Z one-dimensional lens. Like, yeah, they're going to fight over the phone, not the gun. But there's nothing up to that point that really is that deep. I think it's like literally when that fight starts is it. Well, there was a lot of moments where tides turned rapidly Mm -hmm. and it was not about facts. Like it was all about feelings Mm -hmm. and, you know, that's that plays into the satire. It's not about somebody did something or somebody murdered somebody or somebody, Mm -hmm. you know, it was all like in their heads and they're all kind of like narcissists sure and that's a word that came up mm-hmm. too um so i think just using those gen z tropes in a satirical way gave it enough you know and those those tropes that propelled the plot they weren't part of the humor per se because mm-hmm. that those were separate from times when it was like intentionally trying to be funny you know so i think that those moments kind of made it stand out but it made it so generationally specific mm-hmm. that like I saw what it was doing and I respect the satire, but it, I just wasn't, like I said, it wasn't for me. Here's the interesting question. I think, um, is that if like, I wonder how kids that are that age, like in their early twenties, will see this movie because you and I are clearly like, it's a little bit poking fun at their generation. Also kind of relatable, but like, are they going to watch it and think, Oh, this is very representative of how we speak, or or is it going to be more like like just farce to them? I'm like, no, this is absurd. We all know it. What's the point? Of this? Yeah, I mean, it really just depends, probably, on what side of the Twitterverse that those individuals fall. Yeah. I mean, if you are of a mind that you know this whole generation is just blowing things out of proportion and being overly dramatic mm-hmm. and and using buzzwords completely out of context, and anytime you're upset, someone's being toxic, like if you're of an emotional and mental acuity to see that as absurd, then this movie's going to be hysterical to you because it's poking holes in your generation. Mm-hmm. Just like there's movies that poked holes in our generation, you know, from the eighties, nineties, two thousands. See, but I can think of a lot more movies that make fun of people younger than me and older than me. And I don't have as many that make fun of me. 
which I think is more speaking to my ignorance of being able to recognize them. Your ignorance or the fact that you were never imbibing in cultural norms. like Or that we're perfect and there's nothing to make fun of. Maybe. That's it. Maybe there's, that. Those movies don't That's exist. fair. Yeah. Nobody's ever made fun of <laughs> no, no, me no, we're great. or my style Millennials, in a movie. No. Yeah. No, I think a lot of movies, you know, in the, the early to mid 2000s were really good at poking holes in, in high school, you know, things sure. like that. I think of a movie like 10 Things I Hate About You mm-hmm. with just that was one of the best movies. But in it's like, still so much about the romance and, and not about like making fun of the characters in it. Yeah. Like there's characters that get made fun of for sure. But, mm-hmm. it, but far and away, like the people in it are the stars. Like we're rooting for that story. Mm-hmm. I can't think of many that are of people our age where I'm like, Oh yeah. Like these idiots. Yeah. We'd have to pull up a list of like, yeah, maybe. like horror or satire yeah. comedies, you know? Although I guess like scream counts kind of, I, yeah. I haven't seen that movie maybe once in my life, but or, you know, any movie with a generic high school experience, sure. you know, yeah. what insert age group. But I, I guess that's the point that it's, that I'm trying to get at or, or the thing that I'm wondering about is that like, when those mo- when I see those movies, like what just came to mind was a movie that obviously makes fun of that, which is uh, Cabin in the Woods, mm-hmm. a satirical kind of horror movie. Those are archetypes of real people, mm-hmm. but they're like, so are like they're not real. Like I don't buy it for a second. But I'm not connected enough to kids, the age of kids in this movie, to know whether these are archetypes or if they're trying to be real. Care like is this how kids talk? I don't know. Well, I mean. You're on the internet enough. I'm on the internet. That's the internet. It's not how people actually are. Yeah, but I think- Or are they now? Well, that's the thing. I don't know. (laughs) That's where it gets tricky is because so much of people's persona is their online presence. This movie's fucking brilliant. (laughs) It might have (laughs) been. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's that's how people are these days. It's not about what you say or do. It's about your your presence and your impacts and your influence and like the stances you take on Twitter and like it's- uh, yeah, this movie might have been more meta than we gave it credit for. Or that we could even perceive, dude, because we're old. That there and we're not that. even old, but like, you yeah, know. That's part of why I rated it pretty high. You're like, 34, I, you said? 35. 33? 35? I'm 30. <laughs> Thanks for going the other way. You got it. You're how old? I'm 30. Okay, so I'm five years old. Yeah. You. That's not crazy. It's not nothing. No, you it's know? not nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's the first time I'm like, all right, I just don't. Maybe I don't know what's going on in this movie. I'm not cool and hip, so... It's just possibly going over my head. Am I more plugged into pop culture than you? Like generationally, like the TikToks of the world. Because none of the lingo really escaped me. Like I totally knew what they were saying the whole time. I got it. Yeah, no, you're right. Like I understood all of it, but that's part of why I think it was just an archetype and just like satire. Because like I think if kids were actually talking like in their 20s, early 20s, like and they were literally talking in the world. I wouldn't follow all well, of it. Like, there's I mean, some lingo that I don't, you know, you ever heard like, you ever heard like no cap? Mm-hmm. Not sure if that means true or false. And I know you could tell me and I, I just don't think I'd remember it. Like yeah, it doesn't they really say matter. no cap and it means, and I don't want to like, now I'm sounding way too old. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to dissect children's lingo, but I'm just saying like in I, our I next Patreon episode, we're going to be just reading <laughs> urban dictionary. Yeah. I just don't think this is probably indicative of how actual people speak. Which is great because that's the the thing. That's the thing of the movie. It's, it's satire. Like, yeah. That's the point. Or is it? I'm not sure. Yeah. So I don't know. So low low score for lack of understanding. Well, when you put it like that, it makes me sound old-fashioned and dumb and, and unable to adapt. But maybe you're not wrong. I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just throwing out ideas, seeing what sticks to the wall, man. Um, any, any favorite deaths in this movie? Something worth talking about in a slasher, I think. Greg got it good. 
man, Greg got it good. Greg got it good. Greg, I liked quite a bit. And again, maybe that's the point. Like yeah. he's he's our vessel into being able to relate to this movie. Mm-hmm. Greg gets hit with a kettlebell in the back of the head. Um while basically Which is such a Gen Z thing to get murdered by. A kettlebell. Yeah. Well well, to kill with, wouldn't it be? Because he's more of a he's more of a Gen X guy. Yeah, but like the Gen Z weapon of choice being a, a kettlebell. kettlebell. That's sure. so Joe Rogan yeah. of her. <laughs> um yeah, he was just, I love his little light mask. What was that? It was a, a light therapy mask. Have you mask. ever heard of that before? <laughs> okay, well then people I guess get, that answers your question. People use that uh, when they have seasonal depression. Uh, it's a UV mask, so you're getting like UV rays. It's a tiny tanning bed for your face? It's not tanning. It's just. What what kind of light's in a UV bed? I have tanning no bed. idea. UV is what it is. Oh, I know it's to get like vitamin D and, mm-hmm. and help you with that for seasonal depression. I was rooting for Greg. Me too. But Root, again, I think you, like we rooting for him to be the killer or just to survive. He was no, I wanted him to survive. Yeah, and you know the the hive mind of it's it, the hive mind in this movie was so indicative of like a Twitter mob, like totally someone getting canceled. But in this movie, it was canceled to death. Canceled to death. Sure. Um, I was really thankful that there wasn't a whole ton of illogical horror behavior. Mm-hmm. That stuff happens a lot in horror movies. Like. We better split up. It's like, that's the last thing you should do. I don't know. There was a lot of illogical behavior. They just shoved B outside in the rain for no reason all of a sudden. That's true. Dude, did you get like super intense Gaspar Noe climax vibes when that happened? Mm-hmm. When that one person got shoved out into the snow or whatever? Yeah. God, I hated that movie. But the worst. similar like anxiety stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just don't, I don't know. That uh, that whole thing. There, so there's like one scene where Jordan is backing up the stairs like, stop following me. She's got the gun and like mm-hmm. they keep following her. At no, like, and it goes on for like a minute. She goes up like seven staircases. Somebody would give by that point. Yeah, they're just at the top of the spire. They just had to throw her off the stairs. So we had to get to the top somehow, yeah. but fine. Okay. Did we get it? Are we too old? Did it go over our heads? What do you think? Yeah. Tweet at us. We're at on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter anymore. Were you, you're not? I have an account. I think I just logged out. I have an account too. We we definitely have an account that we never use. Yep. Um. It's at Fresh Hop Cinema, of course, but if you want, you can, do we even have a Facebook? Like, what's the middle ground now? Like, Twitter's for young people, Facebook, I guess we have Instagram. Uh, Twitter's not for young people. Yes, it is. No, it's not. What is? Like, uh, TikTok and no. Instagram. Nobody uses Facebook anymore. Old people use Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, we don't use, we as a as a podcast don't use Facebook. No. Irrelevant. Yeah. We do use Instagram. Yep. Because in that sense, we're hip. And I've used Instagram for a long time, so... Yep. That's, I guess that's, so write us on Instagram if you guys think we're right or wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not going to start a TikTok. <laughs> no. God, we sound um, old. We got to get old. out of yeah, this. Yeah, you want to do another beer? Because we're old enough to drink it. You yeah. ready? Should we do another beer? I think we're too old to understand this movie, but we can drink. Yeah, dig into the cellar, man. All right, beer number two. It's time for Social Fabric. You mean Facebook? Sure. It's double IPA, 8%, like you said earlier, Johnny Summers. Uh, double dry hopped and juicy is what they said on Untapped. This beer was brewed with mosaic and 007, which is a hop. Yeah. Uh, It's just kind of a fancy hip way to say Idaho 7. Uh, We call it the Golden Hop 007. I just Uh, did the theme song, Mission Impossible. Oh, you did. And I didn't even notice the difference. But uh, what what is the. Okay, great. We have rectified our inequities. Yeah, we should just put the pause music to Goldeneye under that right there. Yeah. I could. You want to? Okay, now we're really feeling the vibes of this beer. Which again, it's get- not even called 007. It's just made with that hop. Yeah. So maybe I'll fade it out right about now. But how okay. the hell did they get James Bond into this beer? That's what uh, I want to know. Yeah. Okay. 
so like I said earlier, our second beer review is a little bit looser than the first, partially because we are a little bit looser. And, and secondly, because we have no more time restraints for our radio listeners. We are exclusively podcasting now. Um, Johnny has taken his first sip. Yeah. Um, it's also part of the show where I guess I'm talking to listeners more than you. Johnny's taking his first drink and yep. he's looking um, confused. Auspicious. Auspicious. Um, suspicious for sure. Um, I don't I don't see disdain in your eyes. I see curiosity more than anything. Hmm. I'm getting strong notes of Pierce Brosnan. Oh, good. I see. Are you a Pierce Brosnan Bond guy? No. Have we done like a top five actors that played James Bond before? Well, there, I think there was only five. Mm, I'm not sure, but that would have been very apropos for our, uh, you know, uh, no time to die. A hot, yeah. Review. Yeah. I'm not sure we did on Patreon that week. I don't know. I don't know either. Maybe we did that. We might have. We're just that fucking smart. It's possible. Um, no, but really, what do you think of this beer? So this this combination of hops is throwing something at my palate that I'm not used to. There's like a musty, almost fungal earthiness. Like That's disgusting sounding. I'm getting like almost like mushroomy vibes. Like... Is that a shiitake? I can't tell. Very earthy, definite funky hops. Um, not used to that combo, uh, the mosaic and the the Idaho 7. Idaho 7, as we know, very earthy, very herbaceous. Um, we say that, don't we, quite yeah. often. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that checks out well, with the uh, scholastic background. I mean, there's a lot of dirt in Idaho. Deep cut. Um, yeah, so... so I've found, by the way, a pretty great website in in the recent past, which is called beermaverick.com, and they have a really uh, extensive database on hops. And you can pull it up, and they give you kind of a one sheet on any given hop. So I've got, um, I've got, well, I have both Mosaic and Idaho Seven in front of me, and it gives you the like. So like when I was looking up, like, what's a Double O Seven hop? It's just what cool kids call uh, Idaho Seven. Now, Johnny, you're looking at that, and I feel like it's worth pointing out before I keep talking. What do you? There's what, a lot of floaties in there. Totally. Yeah. Describe them. Uh. Tons of sediment in my beer. Is there any in yours? Uh, quite a bunch. And I think it's worth noting also, we have not emptied the can or anything. No. This is, although it was laying down horizontally in our cellar, was yeah. it not? Uh, yeah. I refuse to live in a world where I can't put a beer sideways in an ice chest and not have an ideal drinking experience. Well, who's to say this is not ideal? I tasted it and I don't taste sediment. No, it's not like it's particularly bitter or wasn't. biting. We always describe what's in our glass. We do. There's quite a bit of floaties. And this is, I would say this is medium hazy. Agreed. Yeah, it's it's certainly not the the haziest thing ever, but it's not a clear beer. No, um, maybe amplified by the fact that there are floating bits of sediment. Yeah. Did you want to tell me more about hops? Before well, we yes. Yeah, so I just want because we mentioned earthy and we mentioned earthy a lot, partially because years ago you said unironically, "There's a lot of dirt in Idaho," and I laughed at you and so did everybody else. Like, there's dirt everywhere, man. But um, what Beer Maverick has to say about the Idaho Seven hop is this. They're known for their juicy tropical fruit and citrus flavors. Think apricot, orange, red grapefruit, or papaya with big notes of resiny pine and hints of floral and black tea. Hmm. Use the Idaho 7 hop as a single hop or as a late addition, which is, I think, how it was used here. Uh, The high oil content makes this ideal for dry hopping and whirlpool, playfully known as 007, the golden hop. The golden hop. So that's what we're dealing with. And, and, And I'm not picking up quite as much earthiness as you were saying. I think this is a pretty clean drinking beer. I like it because it's not lingering on the palate not a bit um super light also very deceptively eight percent i mm-hmm. would never guess that in this no. beer i immediately like this more than the first one. Oh, really yeah it's more tropical i think mm-hmm. i think there is more of that papaya vibe um but i don't know if i like it more than the first i think the first one growing toward the sun is more 
has more traditionally hazy beer flavors. Granted, it was still very hop forward and all that, but a little bit sweeter. I think this one's a little bit sharper, Mm -hmm. which is why I like it. Makes total sense. Leaning right towards my style. It's got more West Coast IPA characteristics, Mm -hmm. generally speaking. There is a bit more sharpness with that dryness. The the dryness and the juiciness are playing a really interesting dance. Sure. Because it's kind of juicy up front, but then finishes kind of dry. It doesn't linger on the palate. No weird aftertaste. And it just makes you want to drink more Mm -hmm. like immediately. Where the first beer was quenching, I I think with a quenching drink, it makes you feel satiated. A beer like this does make you want more, Mm -hmm. which I think is a different quality. You know, like it's not like I drink and I'm like, oh, good. My thirst is finally done. It's like, no, I'm still thirsty, but specifically for more of this. I'm not sure what that is. Um, you're saying you like it more than the first. And as a reminder to everybody, Johnny rated the first beer 8.7 out of 10. You like this more than that? I think so. It's very rare that you go higher than that, if if my memory serves, which yep. it usually does. Okay. So maybe it's a it's a useless question at this point then, but is there anything you don't like about this? Yeah, there's a bit of a like a, a sharp tang. It's the tang. That's about, a problem. Uh, please, after you. <laughs> no, agree with me vigorously. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I'm encouraging you. Agree with me vigorously. No, Tell it's, me it's, I'm right. No, it's the aggressive tang. You're right. Like that's the difference. And this is why I like it slightly less. Is because it is that thing that makes you need to have another drink of it. And it's 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 where, where the first beer sort of made this nice hill. It starts low and then gets high and then kind of mellows out. This one makes a cliff. You go up very slowly and then just boom, cuts off right at the edge, and you fall to a pit of delicious death, but death nonetheless. See, I like a delicious death. Who doesn't? Yeah. But is it better than a soft walk down a valley? I, I think, think so. I think not. I think what's getting me here is is the first beer was so soft mm-hmm. on the palate. Mm-hmm. It was almost a squishy drinking experience to me. Okay. Uh, whereas this is more clean, more to the point. It has a more enjoyable mouthfeel. I don't necessarily love the softness. It was super mm-hmm. well made. Mm-hmm. That first beer did rank super high. Yeah. But this one... Just such an immediate comparison, better drinking experience for me on my palate. Mm-hmm. It has more of those sharp hop notes with just enough juiciness to really get you there. And then it finishes dry, just falls off and uh, really, really pleasant. The beauty of getting into beers that are pretty high caliber and comparing them side by side is that the weeds we inevitably get, in, inevitably get into are um, very, very nitpicky weeds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, we're neither of us dislike either of these beers and they're both the exact same ABV. And I almost wonder if I had switched the order in the notes, I kind of arbitrarily was like, well, let's just do social fabric second. I almost feel like if we had done this one first, it, it, I mean, it would shift our experience kind of like they're so closely related and we've drank them so closely together. Um, that it's hard to say like it, maybe I would have liked this one more had I tried it first. I'm not sure. Uh, and then like the second one even more cause it mellowed out the first, but, mm. um, Either way, dude, I super dig this beer. Yeah. I'm digging this beer and I'm digging this brewery. Yeah. Uh, I am. Do you think this is a brewery that we've just now gotten distro? Yes. Okay, sweet. I know uh, Andy at SNS is very knowledgeable about this sort of stuff. Yeah. He saw that they were available and mm-hmm. we'd never seen them in California. And so mm-hmm. he snatched them right up. Super fresh, too. These were both canned uh, within the last month. Oh, nice. Okay. So, so very, very fresh. Prime examples of what this brewery can do. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, I think it's going to come down to personal taste again. So if you're ready, um, I'm going to take one more drink, and then I will be ready to rate it as well. It's damn good. It's an 8.9. Killer beer. Way more leaning towards West Coast tendencies. Uh, not as soft, not as sweet. 
uh, a little bit sharper around the edges, but in a like an appealing way. Uh, and it's more what I'm looking for in a beer. So this is going to rate just slightly higher. But they're both legitimately world class. I think if anyone's listening and they're in Chico, they should swing by SNS. Uh, they're not sponsors, but uh, True. we do love them. They have and a good selection. They yeah. got killer beer, and Andy does a great job. Friend of the show, friend of ours, uh, and by proxy, he's on Patreon. So, uh, in a sense, sure. Yeah. Which, which, if anything, it makes it sound like it is a sponsor of the show. With all that said, but but truthfully, even if none of that were true, like it's a great ever rotating beer selection. Oh, yeah. so no, we've been getting beers from, yeah. from him for years. But yeah. yeah, shout out Lori, his wife, on Patreon. So yes. Andy's always the plus one to the party. Sure. Um, yeah, dude, you're, you're right. Like it's, it's super good. I think for me, the sharp edges you're describing takeaway points for me, but again, not by much. It's a very, very well-made beer, slightly more acidic, slightly sharper than the first beer. So if you're at S&S and you want to get both, um, or if, or if you just want to buy one and you align yourself more frequently with my taste, get the first. And if you are more aligned with Johnny, get this one. Or if you got a couple bucks to spend, just buy both, try them side by side. And hopefully that's what you did. And you're drinking along with us. But for now, for me, this is an eight. That's respectable Super good AF. Beer. Yeah, I would drink it again, absolutely. Um, and this is also seven something? Or is it, I think you're- they're, they're 6.79. This one's cheaper. This one's cheaper. That, that you know, it's a little more affordable. Okay. Uh, okay. I have cheap taste. Any any more thoughts on social fabric, sir? Uh, drink it. It's killer. Sure. Uh, okay. Hot and bothered, shall we? Let's do it. Hot and Welcome to Hot and Bothered, the portion of the podcast where we talk about what's got us really excited or kind of bummed out for our respective week. It's we, Sometimes we go a little long on this when we haven't been recording, uh, but we recorded last week, so I only have two things to talk about. What do you have? You have three things looking at the notes uh, you just filled in. Yeah, it's just vague, just stuff that I've been up to, stuff that I'm getting ready for. So okay. I, had a- I like when you go first, but sometimes you talk for 30 minutes straight. And I need to talk this week. Okay. okay so just bear that <laughs> I in do. Mind. I do have a tendency to take <laughs> over this segment. Yeah. And I just have a frustrating experience, which I almost never have in Hot and Bothered. So I need some time this week. Give me your anger. But you go first. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll keep it as brief as possible. No, Even obviously no rush. This, this is your is, show this also. My, this but is like, my time to shine, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I had a family barbecue. We ended up getting together at my sister's house down in Sacramento. Uh, my other sister flew in from Texas. She was out visiting my niece, who's in the Air Force in uh, Abilene, Texas. So she was out there. She actually flew into the airport terminal that was seen in Vengeance. Vengeance. Nice, dude. I was like, cool. I have seen that terminal. On was it one room? He's like, yeah, sliding door, glass. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she was in that terminal. Did she listen to our coverage of the show? No. Of the, well, no. All right. She's not not cool <laughs> enough. <laughs> Okay. No, but it was weird, just that connection of like, you just flew into Abilene? Yeah. That's fucking wild. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, caught up with everyone. I'm got- sorry, wasn't the name of the murdered girl Abilene? Yeah. No. Yeah, dude. That was the girl's name. I'm pretty sure. I don't think so. Yeah. Her name was Abilene. I remember thinking that's a cool name. And they're from Abilene? Is that what it was? Yeah. They kept saying Abilene because that was the town they no, were No, they in. kept saying it because it was their dead daughter's name. <laughs> No, <laughs> I'll look it up. You keep telling your story. Yeah, look it up. Yeah. I'm going to say no. Okay. Uh, but anyways, had a good time at the family barbecue, hung out, got to bring some good beers and some good coffee and try to elevate the family's, uh, I'll say it, mediocre taste. Oh, damn. All right. I mean, everybody's family has mediocre coffee tastes, you know? And beer. Oh, is that what you said? Both. Okay, good. I brought yeah. good beer and good coffee. Good. Yeah. So it was fun. Got to open their eyes and I mean, even on like a, a drip coffee maker, we made some really killer coffee nice, with a uh, new roaster that I've been uh, kind of working with a little bit called Heirloom. You familiar? No, I'm not. They're out of Oakland. 
Okay. Really good stuff. Uh, I will bring you a bag. Okay. That'd be great. I'm out of coffee, so that'd be awesome. I got you, dog. So anyways, that was fun. And uh, coming off of South Lake Tahoe, went to Sacramento this last weekend, and then uh, had all Sunday off. So I've been traveling a lot this month, Mm -hmm. so it's just been back to back to back to back. So Sunday was just a day of, of rest and recoup and then getting ready for Hawaii. I actually booked all of our rooms last night. Sweet. So like four days before we yeah, fly because, yeah. uh, I don't know, things have been kind of chaotic and it was just like last minute, whatever. Got it done. Yeah. Uh, so prepping for the trip, uh, just kind of trying to delineate the things that has to get done. That's a chore mm-hmm. leaving for a week. Sure, it is. It's a lot. Um, but I... You know, in my infinite wisdom, decided to plan multiple beer events. Yeah. So sounds right. Today's Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So we record. Yep. I have a beer dinner with Brian McAllister immediately after this. Shout out. Oh, sweet. Uh, He's on Patreon, right? Yes. So he gets a shout out. Sure. Of course. Yeah. Well, he's also. He would get a shout out for that. Yeah. Yeah. He's a beautiful human. Anyways, he's in town working. So we're going to go out to dinner. And then tomorrow night, uh, dinner with the owner of Humboldt Cider. Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, event at burgers and brew and then if you're re- listening to this oh it's at burgers and brew yeah oh that's cool then yeah. i will sorry keep telling tell people but i will yeah. definitely so go. well you're if you're hearing this on friday it's oh. in the past if you're listening on kzfr yeah no they nope. won't be damn it but i like where your head's at anyways uh so if you're listening to this on friday last night was yeah. a beer event at a cider event at burgers and brew and then if you're listening friday morning we're doing another cider event with tom the owner of humboldt cider at the chico tap room oh sweet tonight so obviously, yeah, leaving for a week, uh, why not just cram, cram as it. much as humanly possible? And I almost went to two concerts in the last four days, and I didn't because just yeah, pump, too much. pump the brakes a little, bro. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, life's been totally chaos. So uh, live in that rock and roll lifestyle. Travel, it, drink, travel, drink, drink, travel, sure. travel, drink. That's how I roll. Sure. So that's that's all I got. Max, uh, I want to know what's got you bothered. Okay, well. You're always so upbeat and positive. What... What could ruffle thine feathers? Very briefly, I'm going to read you the cast list of the film Vengeance that we covered last week. B.J. Novak plays Ben Manalowitz. Boyd Holbrook, of course, Ty Shaw. Issa Rae shows up playing Eloise. I'm going to scroll down a little bit here to a character that barely shows up, but she is played by an actress named Leo Tipton, the character being Abilene Shaw. She was named... She Ab- was named Abilene. I don't think they went to Abilene. Is that... So you're saying that's a place your sister flew into? Yeah. It's a one of the most... Like, it's a city in texas isn't it that song um about the exes in texas isn't there like a abilene from abilene i think that's where i've heard it that makes sense but i can't think of her name in the song eileen from abilene write us in if you know the name of that who even sings that song you oh george Strait. i think it's george Strait. it's one of those old white dudes sure <laughs> well speaking of old white dudes the founders of at&t were probably white and old, which sure. is why I have a gripe this week. I don't have a gripe that they're old and white. I'm triggered. Toxic. Um, <laughs> no, dude, I got a new phone this week, kind of. Yeah. Um, my So brief backstory, I suppose. I had uh, cracked my phone screen or it had like a deadline in it for a long, like a dead, like half the screen didn't work. But I dealt with it for like a year. That's stupid. Finally, I was like, I'm okay. I'm going to file an insurance claim. I'm a grown up. So I'm going to use my phone's coverage and I got it fixed. The dude that fixed it was like, all right, just so you know, your phone's going to be working fine, but it does void the the Apple warranty because technically the phone's no longer waterproof because we've broken uh, the seal or whatever. It broke the seal. That was a couple months ago. A couple days ago, I took that phone in the river 
and dunked it underwater to try to see some fish. The video looked terrible. It was not worth it. It did, of course, cause water damage in the phone. Mm-hmm. So I took it to um, the AT&T store on 20th Street near the mall, which in and of itself had water damage. Yeah. It had a pipe burst. I have a friend that works there. I <laughs> saw the store. I saw she was posting just... Just, and they have no, so I walked at whatever. So I had a friend in town at the time, Cassie, who got a shout out last week, was here with her son. So I didn't want to waste much time trying to figure it out. So I went to the AT&T store in the Safeway on Mangrove parking lot, which is not a place you want to go. No. And I'm trying to determine how much I want to talk about this because it it gets me heated. Oh, give me it. Well, look, man. Give so, me so it. They've got a, like a handwritten sign on the door as being like, we're you're experiencing longer than normal wait times because our other store flooded, whatever. So I'm very understanding. I'm a very patient guy. So I go in expecting to wait a while. And this is when Cassie is in town. And I said, after browsing, it's finally my turn. I say, hey, I'm eligible for an upgrade. My phone's damaged. I'd like to get an iPhone 12 mini with a 256 gigabytes of storage. The kid named, no, nope. The kid is uh, <laughs> like, all right, I got you. And he goes to the back and comes out and he's like, hey, dude, bad news. We don't have the 256. We got the 128 gigabyte. Is that okay? So that's totally fine. Meanwhile, while I was waiting on my old water damaged phone, I had ordered like a case for a mini and like a screen protector, ordered it. He gave me the phone. It was fine. Then I get home. I back it up from the iCloud, but it was incredibly hard to do because my water damaged phone wouldn't stay on long enough to back up to the cloud. Mm-hmm. Finally got it to work. I left it out in the sun, cooked it for like an hour and a half. Um, At 107. It was very efficient, but yeah, very hot. Uh, anyways, so I backed it up and I, I uploaded all the stuff to my new phone. My case finally showed up the next day. It didn't fit the phone cause he didn't give me the 12 mini. He gave me the 12, mm. which is not the phone I wanted. It was also a hundred dollars more expensive, um, which he had told me upon check. He's like, Hey, I don't know why for some reason it's coming up a hundred dollars more. I was like, it's fine. I just, I've already been here for an hour. So it's fine. Let's, I didn't say that. So let's go. Anyways. So now I've ordered the case and I don't want to deal with going to Kohl's to return an Amazon product. I hate doing that. So instead I'll return the phone. I think that's easier. Anyways, I go back to the AT&T store in the Safeway parking lot and I say, explain the situation to the same kid and the manager overhears because the kid's like, we're going to have to charge you the activation fee again. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. This feels like maybe it was on your guys' end if you could just waive the fee. And the manager's like, what happened? And I was like, well, blah, blah, blah. He's like, was it our fault or yours? And I was like, I don't want to point fingers, but you know, it was your guys'. He's like, it's fine. We'll just exchange it. I said, perfect. Um, You'd think this would be near the end of the story, but it's not. Oh, no. It's not close. Um, so we start the exchange. And it's a multi-step thing. It's not like you swap phones. You have to first return the old phone so to get it back in their inventory. So I give them the old phone. The new old phone. The, the new old, the old new phone. Um, he takes it back, wraps it all up. It's like, this looks good. He's clicking through his little screen, which I can't see, but it's got to be operating Windows 95 or something because about 10 minutes into this process, his computer freezes. He goes, oh, no, it, it, it froze. We got to start from scratch. I guess there's a there's a difference between um, uh, authorized retailers and corporate locations when it comes to AT&T. Which one of those sounds better to you? Corporate. Yeah, this was an authorized retailer. They have no power at all. Mm. This comes into play. He says it froze, so we got to start over. So we start over, try to return this old phone, which apparently is now in their stock, but my account is now ineligible for an upgrade because it was eligible, but according to the computer, I've already gotten my upgrade. Mm -hmm. So it's in the system. As their store is concerned, they have it in stock, but I still have it as far as my account is concerned, but I don't, Mm -hmm. as you know. So he goes, we're going to have to call somebody. And and bear in mind, the pipe has burst at the other store. So like there's a line forming. Mm-hmm. 
they've written a hand handwritten note being like wait times longer than usual. If you want to sign up for a callback. So like I'm explaining this to people that are coming like, Hey, I'm taking up more time than usual. There's an extenuating circumstance. And he's like, he decides to call like the customer, like the, the same line I would call from home if I had a phone, but I don't. And he either he's like on his phone. He's like, all right, they're going to ask for you for a second. You got to give him some details. He hands me the phone across the counter landline style. And I'm not kidding. Two minutes in, he looks at me and he goes, Hey, I got to go, but these guys are going to help you out. So then I'm just talking to customer service. These two people are swamped with other customers. Like they don't give a shit about what I'm doing. And I spend, it's been about an hour and a half in the store so far. I don't have a phone and I'm almost late for a gig. I have to perform in like an hour. So I'm explaining to this person in, in like Peru or something. That's not quite right, but it is like a Southern American country. I can't remember which. And I explained like, I don't have a phone, but like there's, there's a block on my account, but it's not correct. Like I am eligible for this upgrade. So please help me. (laughs) Um, and they're like, we can't basically, they're like, we can't help you. You have to call this other number. So I have to hang up. And then I talk to the manager finally, who's been helping somebody trying to literally this dude comes in with a paper that looks like this and says AT&T at the top. And it's like, he comes and talks to the manager. Like I got this bill, but I don't know what it's for. It's clearly not a bill. It has no personal information. It's like a, it's like a scam. And the manager had spent like 30 minutes telling this guy, like, this isn't a real thing. Don't worry about it. And dude's like, I work for the, he's like literally whispering, like, I work for the government. I know this thing kind of happens. So I just, I, I know people and I think this might, they're trying to get my identity. And the dude's just like, no, just, you got to go. Finally, the manager comes to help me. So we're calling like my dad trying to get his authentication code on the account because we have a family plan. Don't get a hold of him. And we finally somehow get the account back to working. So the phone's working and he's like, okay, perfect. Now we all have to, we have to do is just give you this new phone. And I said, Anthony, if there's any chance this isn't going to work, let's not do it. I'll come back tomorrow. I have to go pretty soon. He goes, nope, it should be fine. And I should have flagged that. I should have heard should be, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I said, okay, perfect. We're like three hours into this at this point. The phone freezes, of course. And Anthony says, I'm really sorry, but you know, there's all we can do. If you can stay longer, you can call more people. I said, I can't stay longer. I have to go to this gig in Orville at the union. So I leave with my new old new phone that doesn't work. And I'm without a phone for a couple of days and I have to go to Modesto to help my family. Is that what you texted me from Google? Yes. So I get to Modesto two days without a phone. I have like, I got like a Wi-Fi device, but that's, I can do like Instagram and I guess send things from Google. Then I take it to a corporate location in Modesto. God bless them. Hmm. Alberto, my man. And I explain everything I've just explained to you more quickly than that. Mm-hmm. He's laughing the whole time. Like, <laughs> what are they doing up there? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know, dude. I thought this is how it goes. He's like, no, this is easy. Then Alberto calls people. He calls customer service, advanced tech support, fraud department. Fraud department's where we get into a bit of a situation. Dude also is like clearly paid by the hour or by the phone call. Because at one point the dude's like, I only have two more minutes on this call. And the issue has not been resolved. And I would be like, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Alberto goes, okay, no, you got to stay on this line until I get this fixed for this customer. I'm, I'm going to fix this and you're going to stay on the line. Nice. I have never felt so taken care of in my entire life. Oh, he had you in his hands. It was incredible. You were so seen. So Alberto and the manager there, whose name is escaping me right now, um, but he very much deserves a shout out, got this all figured out. They called a few departments. It was clearly the... The, they're not dumb. It's fine. The people here in Chico just like clearly haven't been trained right. They don't, they're not good at their jobs. Um, 
so it got fixed like yesterday. It was like a four day thing. Um, so my phone got back to working. I got home and I was trying to update my apps and I realized that my phone didn't have enough storage because the dude in Chico actually didn't give me the 128. He gave me the 64 gigabyte iPhone mini when he exchanged it. Sick. So, and, and so I told that to Alberto today because I went back in the store. I was like, dude, could we exchange this here? And he's like, no, you'd have to do it at the store that you bought the phone from originally. I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm just, so now I have a 64 gigabyte iPhone, which is fine. It's so much better than having to go back to those probably nice people in the mangrove store, but, but just like not, not super knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. So that was my experience with at and So tedious. And it was still better than my experience with Prey, which is going to be a nice loop to close from last week. Cause Johnny Summers saw a movie called Prey came out this year. It was oh, the sixth film in the predator franchise. And, and I don't know how long I just spoke, but it was a long time. So I just want to uh, have you, Johnny, just go ahead and read my, it's not much. I was a little bit buzzed when I wrote it. I wrote it in Modesto the other night, but go ahead and read my two out of five star. Was it two? Two. two. Yeah. Uh, my letterbox synopsis, please. I'm mad at you. I get that. Uh, it's become apparent to me that I'm in the minority, but I had a really hard time watching this or with this. Admittedly, I don't have much love for the Predator franchise, so my expectations, at least in that regard, weren't high. Aside from the gorgeous landscapes, it's fairly clunky. The half-drawn characters and under-budget CGI made for a slog that even a pretty strong performance by lead actress Amber Mid-Thunder couldn't rescue. I think it was a good attempt. There's a lot of social media buzz around sort of like the 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 inclusion efforts made on this movie to to have a lot of Comanche actors or at least native actors. And it was going to be like recorded in Comanche. The dialogue was originally, I just think the movie's not very good. I think the action kind of sucks. I think it's yeah clunky. I think um, the pacing's pretty wrong. There's some really, really terrible set design throughout. I think the bear looks like trash. looks like a terribly CGI bear. I don't think the predator looks that good. There's a couple things I do like, which I'd be happy to talk about if you'd like me to. Sure. Well, I like that, you know, like we're going back in time. Like Predator movies are always very uh, advanced. Like you see the, I think the best things about this, aside from the, no, even, even the costume design of the Predator is pretty cool. I like the technological changes that have been made with this sort of pre, not prehistoric, but you know, older Predator. Very cool. Uh, his little like crossbow hand cannon thing was neat. Um, some of the ingenuity utilized by the main character. Um, can you think of the character's name? Naru. Yeah, Naru um, was great. It was nice to see a character that was forced to use uh, their wits instead of their brute strength, like the original was. Um, but I just think most of the character actions were pretty hard to believe. Um, the bad guys were very bad. Like there's, there's like insular kind of auxiliary bad guys, like the Frenchmen and like the macho dudes in her tribe. It was just all cranked up to eleven and not believable in in terms of human behavior. And I think that's what those movies are good at. When, when they are good, that's what they should be good at, is like treating people like people and having people behave like they would in that scenario as much as we could imagine they might. So I'm sorry to let you down. Slash everybody, because everybody likes this movie. And I very rarely find myself on the opposing side of like m- the majority of critics. And not just like Rotten Tomatoes users, like critics that I appreciate are like, this is good. And I'm like, it's not. And I don't like being in this camp alone, but I am, and I can't change it. Well, I loved it, so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's on Hulu. If anybody wants to watch it, let us know what you think. It's one of the most divisive ones that you and I have had in a while. Yeah. So, because you love it, it's like your top five of the year, certainly. So, so far. far, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be bottom five for me. Wow. It's very bad. So, that's where we're at. <laughs> and I'm sorry to let you down. And by the way, it was not worse than my experience with ATT. 
That was terrible. I, was I just say, thought it was a good transition. That was just me. No, um, that was much down. worse. I would watch Prey again before having to deal with that. Right. Obviously. Obviously. Well, shit. So. All right. That's been my life. Hey, man. Yep. Movies are different for everybody. That's totally true. Still um, pretty. So do you have anything fine. else? No, I'm good. Okay. Per usual, the show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi, all of our supporters on Patreon, who we very greatly appreciate. Looking forward to seeing you at more events, including one that Johnny and I are about to talk about in like two minutes off air. Um, if you'd like to join Patreon and be part of this wonderful group, it's patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema. Big shout out to the handlebar, which has one of the best happy hours in town seven days a week, two to 6 PM dollar off draft beers. That is Johnny Summers. That's Max Minardi. Be sure this week while I'm gone to not miss me too much. Drink a bush light. If you feel like you're missing me. In the meantime, watch some stuff that makes you happy, whether it's prayer, whether sure. it's not. Uh, I would say drink some Finback. That's a strong recommendation. Solid beer. Yeah, grab hard, those beers. Hard recommendation. Were there plenty left at SNS? Yes. Yeah. Uh, head to SNS, grab some Finback because those are damn good beers. Mm-hmm. But above all, most importantly, be good to each other because in the end of the day, that's all that matters. We love you. See you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.